This is Colin Baker speaking, the sixth doctor. But you, you are the lucky ones because you are traveling the vortex. the doctor as he travels the vortex and don't kick your computer because we've landed at episode number 227 and another unalienable truth we are going to tangents i'm keith i believe the word according to john adams is inalienable inalienable i'm sean i'm glad <laughs> i was going off memory <laughs> I could be unalienable. That's the argument from 1776, (laughs) is there's a huge discussion about, as as Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of of Independence, it's uh, these unalienable truths, and Adams wanted to correct him that it was inalienable, and Jefferson's like, no, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) And they have this huge fight over, well, I went to Harvard, well, I attended William and Mary, and, you know. (laughs) 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 Almost held up the signing. True story. <laughs> I'd believe it. John Adams was uh, many things. Opinionated was definitely near the top of that list. They would have got that signed a lot sooner had they not broke out into song every, you know. Well, there, that, that that also was a little distracting. Yeah. <laughs> and fight a secret war against the apocalypse. So. Wasn't that? God, I love that. Movie. Wasn't that Lincoln? No, that's oh, no, those were vampires. Oh, that was vampires. That's right. Yeah, the four founders were. You know, demon hunters. Oh, okay. I According don't to Sleepy Hollow. I don't watch Sleepy Hollow. Did you guys have a good week? Hey, you know, they did everything else. Why not? Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and look at the founding fathers, this is the most ambitious group of guys. It makes Ben Franklin make a whole lot more sense. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. All they, right. They, they, these guys were doctors. I'll buy how. <laughs> these guys were doctors and lawyers. Not like some of them were doctors and some of them lawyers, but like literally some of these guys had two professions. They, 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 Who was a doctor? Franklin. Franklin wasn't a doctor. Doctor Benjamin Franklin. Yes, he was. No. Yes. No, he wasn't. Yes, a he doctor. was. Doctor. Makes no. the Masons make sense too. Makes the Masons. I'll give you that one. Kate. <laughs> no, Franklin was not a doctor. All right, I, well, so. he has a doctorate in, in philosophy, I, I believe, but he wasn't a medical doctor. No. At any rate, but the, you know, these guys did stuff. So much stuff. By the age of, you know, well, hell, Keith's age. 41, apparently. <laughs> You're still going on about that, are you? Good <laughs> to resist that one. This is a Facebook joke for you. <laughs> All right, give you doctor. He was a scientist. If you're not following us on Facebook, <laughs> you should, because that was an awesome joke. And um, if you're not following us, you probably didn't get it. I'm sorry. We don't have time to explain Franklin it. Was an, uh, Franklin was an author, printer, political theorist, politician, postmaster, scientist, inventor, civic activist, statesman, and diplomat. Yeah, he and did a all that. Master of the occult. <laughs> According to Sleepy Hollow. And flew yeah, kites and lightning storms. <laughs> and he's the celebrated one. You know, I mean, <laughs> legitimately, the, you know, everybody's heard of Benjamin Franklin, at least here in the States. If I remember correctly from Sleepy Hollow, he was a nudist and uh, <laughs> uh, loved his women. Also probably very accurate. 
So, where were we going with this? There's an element. <laughs> There's an element of truth there. Inalienable. In, right. Inalienable. Okay. Oh, it just inalienable. Th- th- these were learned men, and just how learned is still a, a subject that fascinates me. That they they knew as much as they did, and did as much as they did by the ages that they were. And then I look at my life and go. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do today? I rolled out of bed. I played some Nintendo. <laughs> I ate a waffle. <laughs> I burnt it. <laughs> I still ate it. Walked to the mailbox in my bathrobe and slippers, and then I went back to bed. It was a good day. <laughs> that does sound like a good day. <laughs> What'd I you do? Like that? What'd you do, Keith? We've been packing this week. Somewhat. We really kind of started this week, and then here and there did most of the linen closet because you know we're not going to use most of those towels anyways. Uh, and then started doing uh, more stuff mostly today. Um, but yeah, still waiting on inspections to come back, so we're kind of in a holding pattern. Is it real now that you're you're actually packing? It's a bit more real now that there are boxes with tape yeah, and uh, you know it's driving me crazy because <laughs> <laughs> we're in such a tight space as it is adding boxes to that just shrinks it down even more so i'm like i packed the linen closet and then put those boxes in the linen closet <laughs> to save space just don't forget them I, yeah we won't forget them uh, yeah finished arrow season two do you watch anymore <laughs> i watched a lot of stuff arrow was not one of them this week man that picked up at the end even more so oh James McClurg, Doctor. James McHenry, Doctor. I knew there were a couple in there. Were they lawyers, too? Oh, there were all the majority of them were lawyers, of course. No, but I mean, I think I'm sure there was at least one that was both a doctor and a lawyer. None of them are listed. Not so far. I think they just list their primary. Oh, no, we have one that was a lawyer and a merchant. Nobody else is listed with two. Hmm. A soldier and politician, I suppose. There's one. (laughs) Pierce Butler. That doesn't seem. <laughs> One, two, three, a four. A bit of an oxymoron, seven, eight, isn't nine, it? 10, 11, oh, look at Eisenhower. 12, 13, eh. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Probably not both 19, at the same 20, time. No, probably not. 21, 22, <laughs> They're also fighting the war. 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, At least 35 of them were lawyers. So. I, knew he, I knew he had lawyers. It was the doctor one that I wasn't sure. Statistically speaking, there had to be at least one, right? I thought <laughs> There's there two. My, my, my odds were pretty good. So There's a farmer. A couple of merchants, an inventor. Oh, that was Franklin. <laughs> a teacher. William C. Houston. Politician, merchant, 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 merchant. So there's a character in the Soldier. season two. Educator. Who I have not liked pretty much throughout the entire show and did a quick 180 for me. Which one? I'm sorry. A character in, in the season two of Arrow. Arrow. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, I, I missed half of your statement. There's a he character. Was too busy most of the show that. I didn't like. Okay. And then the last five episodes turned around for me. Hang on, I'll go lock myself in the traveling to vortex soundproof vault so that you guys can talk about this. John? Nope. I've always liked John. John and Felicity are there. Kind oh of no, no, no! I didn't mean Diggle. I meant uh, Barrowman. Marlon. Oh, I, I, I've, he was only in like one of them. Know who you're talking about? 
Uh, I'll just say it because Sean's not in the kitchen. Um, Laurel. We have a kitchen in our studio? Who? Laurel. Oh. Oh, when okay. She, when, when she makes the realization. Okay. And just how they did that just hmm. fixed her character for me. I haven't started season three yet. Uh, she but. gets even better, I think. <laughs> Which is good because she was pretty bad this season <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oh, oh, wait. You're, yeah, setting up season one, you're not supposed to like her. Oh, yeah. And then most of season two, you don't like her. And then she goes through that whole yeah. uh, like her father thing. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole other thing there too that I can't comment on because. <laughs> so I'm gonna. You haven't got that far, but I'm about halfway through Daredevil now, so I'm gonna finish Daredevil before I start season three of Arrow. So good, man. I've episode seven was the first one that didn't do it for me. Um, the After one watching thirteen episodes, you'll have to remind or eleven episodes, you'll have to remind me what the, one it's is. The stick. We're sticking. Oh, those. oh! I, I just wasn't impressed. I, I was really liking what they were doing so um, far. And then I was Matt very felt, shocked that he was just kind of a one-off character. That's the thing. Yeah. It, it, it's it's the first time so far in the show it felt like. Filler. But it's Scott Glenn. Yeah, it's it's a great character. It, it, I like that aspect, of, and I like the exploration of Matt's learning to deal with his deafness. Yeah, but it just felt if if there was more moving pieces to it than that. I think I w- it would have. It just felt so jarring. I have a feeling had been so la- layered, and this was so much more of a one-off yeah, story. Yeah, I and can see that. One, I, I liked it a lot. It, I thought it was, it was okay. I thought it was, it's, thought it's it was really well done. Really I have a feeling that they're going to bring Stick back next season. It would, it would that'll make be sense. more depth to his character. Yeah, uh, and then after watching Age of Ultron, I wanted more Marvels. So I watched the next episode, and it was just kind of, it was okay. I, I, I think it was not the flavor I was looking for. Really? Oh, just, there's no, nothing that disappointed me about that. I, it's, not, it's not that it was bad. It was just, I, it's kind of dipped slightly for me. No. Well, maybe coming off of Age of Ultron. I think, I, think that's, I think that's what it was, because it was interesting stuff exploring Fisk. Um, and his backstory, right? But it was just kind of okay. It's it's good setting up things, but it just I don't know. Just that initial six episode arc that they did was so well crafted that it feels like it's kind of hitting some bumpy patches huh. to me. And that's not me. Of course, that's me watching one or two a week. It's yeah. not mainlining them. It's like not watching so. it an entire weekend like I did. Yeah. So over the course, I think I watched it over the course of five days or something. <laughs> I did get a movie in besides Age of Ultron. The Brothers Bloom. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that one? Another indie... Uh... It's a Ryan Johnson film. Yeah. It's um, the only Ryan Johnson film I have not seen. Who's the guy in it? It's uh, Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody and Rachel Weiss. As uh, the, the two guys are con men. It's, it's very... It almost feels like a Wes Anderson film. And it, it's very kind of it's kind of Wes Anderson meets Big Fish because it's a little bit over the top, a little bit campy, and then there's this like fast kind of fast talking and kind of the pacing and the way the story is laid out feels very Wes Anderson. It's a really charming, really funny movie. There's a lot of uh, West, the, some of the Wes Anderson stuff is there's a lot of great sight gags. Like there's this one character named Boom Boom who likes to explode things. Barely speaks English. <laughs> One of the few times she actually speaks, she drops the f bomb, <laughs> and it's like that's the first time you really hear her speak, and you're like, oh, oh, that's serious. But she just has this thing of 
they're on this boat, and she just things just keep going overboard because of her. <laughs> like they're playing uh, shuffleboard, and she it goes off the bo- off the off deck, and then she just keeps throwing stuff off deck the entire time she's on the boat. But it's this really charming story of these two brothers who become con men, and the one wants out, and the other one has this lets him out for a little bit and has this great idea for a final con and enter Rachel Vice and it kind of goes the way you expect it to go but it's the way it ends he does such a w- good job and even kind of telegraphing and there's lines of dialogue setting up how it will end and it just fits so well I highly recommend it that's all I did go ahead what'd you do not huh? much I got one thing I'll talk about later okay well, nothing we, exciting. Nothing exciting. We, um, what did we do? I worked a lot and then um, watched uh, the, the documentary you mentioned last week on the uh, Atari thing, which was good. Atari Game Over. Game Over. I do recommend that. Uh, we finished Archer Season 4, which is yay. Didn't you just finish Archer Season 3 last week? Yeah. Mel's burning through them. <laughs> she's, she's really, really, really enjoying the show. And I still maintain it's one of the best written ones out there. Glenn doesn't agree, but... Um, and then we uh, I w- we watched uh, the Road Warrior. Ah, so continued with uh, getting the next one. Or in the UK, Mad Max Two. Or, or Australia. Any, any, no, anywhere, Australia. Australia. Yeah, anywhere Mad else was Mad Max Two. It wasn't even subtitled Road Warrior, according to that one tweet oh, we right? got. It was just Mad Max Two. Ah. Um, Better. Pretty much everything that I said about Mad Max being hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Reverse for Road Warrior. That was awesome. Oh. It's so good. I mean, it's bigger budget. Yeah, yeah. well, bigger budget, and the the opening they they kind of give this it's back, more backlog backstory too. for what happened the in the world, and in a way, it almost fixes Mad Max. Yeah, it does. It kind of validates. <laughs> a, it? Well, it doesn't negate it, but it because val- they use clips from it too to kind of explain uh-huh. some of the stuffs going on, and it kind of validates a lot of what happened in Mad Max as a legitimate part of this story. Do you need to see it first? No, <laughs> but I mean it, it's it's nice to have had that that yeah. that extra little bit of tie-in, and um, so we're we're really hyped for Thunderdome now that we'll watch. Mal enjoyed it too. We'll watch that tomorrow. Yeah, she really yeah. really really liked it, and she was just like, "We should have started with this one." I was like, "Yeah, no lies." <laughs> Road <laughs> Warrior would have gone to Mad Max and been like, "Oh man, this, this Road, sucks. Road Warrior makes um, Thunderdome feel like a bubblegum movie, though." More of a popcorn film. Hollywood got their meat yeah. hooks in it at that point and kind of diluted <laughs> it down. Kind of got Schumachered. Well, yeah, uh, but not to that extent. Not to that extent. Not to that extent, but yeah. And then um, we also went and saw Age Voltron in Kansas City. We celebrated our uh, nine-year anniversary. Yeah, happy t- anniversary. Congratulations. Technically, well, we don't know when it was because we don't remember the exact date. We just kind of arbitrarily picked the 27th of April. That's the day we're going to choose to celebrate. So the actual anniversary was earlier in the week, which I worked, but... Because I was off this weekend, we thought, oh, so we went to Kansas City and um, hung out and uh, met up with some friends and partied a little bit and spent the night in a hotel and oh, nice. went and saw Ultron at uh, uh, Alamo Draft House. Hmm. Good, good presentation. And then uh, went to a tattoo convention that they had, oh. which I didn't know was a thing. Apparently, yeah. it's their first year. I remember seeing uh, banners for it when we were in Kansas City last week. Well, let me tell you, it's one of those things that if... I, I don't know any of these people, but if you were looking to get tattooed, this was a, yeah, a cool thing because you yeah. could go and it's, ideas at least. You, it's like, you know, 
Artist Alley at, at, at Planet Comic Con, it's booth after booth after booth after booth after booth of tattoo vendors waiting to, you know, here, yeah, I can jab a needle in your arm and give you some ink today. <laughs> um, when it, when you're in the position that Mel's in, where she has a, a, a tattoo Personal, artist, yeah. and that, that's it's the only, I mean, Jennifer's it. You know, nobody else has touched her with a needle. Nobody else is going to because that's who she goes to. Um, and when you have that kind of relationship, paying the $20 to get in was kind of like, (laughs) 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 but uh, yeah, we didn't spend terribly long there, but we went and saw it and we kind of, you know, oh, you know, yeah, curiosity satisfied. Kind of like us with that alpaca festival we went to. She, she kind of walked out and went, well, I won't be coming back to that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay then, whatever you say, honey. It's like that time I went to that brony convention. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) it's not for you (laughs) transformers okay leave my side hobbies alone okay (laughs) this is secret addiction (laughs) okay glenn here just uh giving you a heads up we talk a lot about avengers age voltron here um i would suggest if you have not seen the film that you skip ahead to about the 41, 42 minute mark. Um, our review's pretty spoiler heavy, and uh, we don't want to ruin anything for uh, anybody that has not seen it yet. So, again, uh, here's your warning Klaxon's going off, so um, you've been warned. Spoiler flag unfurled. Uh, that's it. Enjoy. Okay. Shall we unfurl the spoiler flag and talk a little bit about? Avengers Age of Ultron. Dun, we all Yes. What'd you think? It sucked. <laughs> I'm lying. It was, it, was, it was really good. What'd you think? Uh, really, really good. Was it as good as the first one? It's better on a different level. I think kind of like... I think it's a better film than the first film. But the enjoyment factor for the first Avengers is higher. Because it's that first time getting the team together, et cetera, et cetera. But this is, I think, a better Avengers film. Because that's still an origin story, essentially. Just like Spider-Man 2 is a better Spider-Man film. It's doing the Avengers really well, I think. And I think it's a better story. Not many people would agree with you about Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is the Sam Raimi one? Oh, the Sam Raimi yeah, one. Not amazing not Spider-Man. Not amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Gotcha. No, Spider-Man... Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think or I, X2 is a better X-Men film than X-Men. I, I know there are people who say it hasn't dated well. I still I still think Spider-Man 2 is those. still in my top 10 superhero movies of all time. It was top 5 for a long time. But um, Yeah. I, this is in the top 3 of the Marvel movies for me. Uh, um, Age of Ultron had... I was so worried from the trailer... And I think we, we, we touched on it a little bit that, you know, the it's, it's, it's the empire of the saga. So it's going to be a little bit darker, but this looked really dark. And I was glad that it was. It was more serious. It was more epic. Josh but, likes to use the word personal. It was. It's a much more personal It film. was a much more personal film, despite its much larger scope. Oh, yeah. And um, I, uh, they, they kept the humor intact. They kept the lightness, even in... The dark moments. There was still that undercurring, uh, 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 under underpinning current of who these people are, and they never lost that, and that really made me happy. Uh, through. Well, and but I, I kind I of agree with you. Some of the jokes think... 
worked better in this than the Avengers because there were there were more through jokes the entire time. Yeah, like language. Yeah, I, I loved that bit because that was so very Captain America. I agree with you. At least so far, I think my enjoyment level watching Avengers is probably higher than my enjoyment level because this one's business in in a way. You know, it's like we've the the the, the first one was look what we built up toward. Here's the Avengers, and everybody went nuts. Now we all know that there's this master plan in place and the blueprint and everything like that. So it kind of felt like whereas the phase one Marvel movies were laying the foundation for what the Avengers was going to be, now it almost feels like the Avengers 2 is kind of putting up the girders of the framework for what we know is going to come. They had a lot of stuff to take care of. There was a lot of phase three groundwork laid also. Yes. Way more than uh, Avengers had. So, and that's another reason I think it's a better film is because it fits, it's, it's kind of like the 50th. It pays tribute to what came before the Doctor Who 50th, what came, but sets the groundwork for what's to come too. It's that well balance. I liked it. It was, it was a very enjoyable film. Um, it didn't quite make, it didn't hit the mark for me though. And I think the only reason I think I put it top three. Definitely, but top three best. I think our top Marvel are films. different. But. Um, number one, still for me, is the first Avengers movie. It's it's still a better, it's better paced, it's better quality. I think the only thing that I had a problem with this is I'm I'm actually going to go back tomorrow night after I get off work and see it again. I want to see it again. There's, there's so much in there, far yeah. too much going on, and I think there's 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 almost it's almost a little bloated. There's far too much going on in the movie, and I, I the things I thought were wonderful about it was the when Scarlet Witch, spoilers again, Scarlet Witch does the mind trick thing with her, with everybody, and you get to see the little pieces of what they're seeing and the cameos yeah. that they got everybody back to do that. It's oh, yeah. it's it's amazing that they're able to put that together, but it also makes it very disjointed because it's very difficult to figure out what's going on, and I don't think you're supposed to really kind of grasp everything that's going on in first viewing. So I think it's one of those films that's meant to be rewatched. The other thing that I had a problem with was, while Vision was an incredible character, he doesn't come along until so far into the movie that then we have this epic battle, which I thought was cool. I love the 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 the, the city being lifted off the ground and the idea of dropping it, creating a, a nuclear impact, you know, wiping out the planet so that Ultron can populate. I love Ultron as a villain. I mean, he was so the, great. the concept of Ultron is cool because it's this. AI that believes the way you save the human race is by replacing them with robots. That's genius. That's a great concept. The problem with this is, is then you've got villain, you've got Vision as a counter, but Vision felt like he just kind of stepped in and, boop. I mean, he's the one that he's the one that ultimately takes out Ultron at the end. And there's no, there's no build to it. There's so much. Jarvis is dead. Oh no, look, Jarvis is alive. Oh look, now we've put Jarvis into. Uh, 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 quasi-human body, and now we've got another. Well, he, he took over what would have been Ultron's ultimate. Vision form. should have, yeah. yeah. Vision should have been a subtle build, and which you can argue that it was, but it should have been a subtle build and crescendoed a little more gradual than a small build and then pop up right up at the end. That, that felt very rushed and really, really kind of thrown in there and put together. See, I don't and I wanted to about... see more of uh, Paul Bentley. Well, <laughs> it's I so nice to see, to see him. <laughs> yeah, instead of finally. just, hear him. Yeah, instead of just hearing. I mean, you know, 
I blew Mel's mind with that's the that's Chaucer from A Knight's Tale. <laughs> Which one was Chaucer? The one that did the introductions. <gasps> I also like the idea that Hawkeye has this secret family. I love what he did with Hawkeye. As with the first film, the first film is really told through Captain America's eyes. It's it's kind of his journey into this new world. But it's very Iron Man heavy. Yeah. You know. And Thor's there, but almost to a, a, a in my mind a, he's kind of he's he's the third character. Avengers 2 continues that where we've got a, a big chunk of Iron Man story, but we give the Hulk a lot to do, and we, we, you know, Thor's almost reduced even more. Captain America maybe takes a step back, but then we get huge gains for, for Hawkeye. And I thought even for uh, 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 Black see, Widow, I, I think you know, what, had some stuff too. But I, think, then, I think he built Black Widow as in the first film of, okay, here's why she's on this team. Yeah. And then this movie, it's here's why Hawkeye's on this team. Yeah. And I like that he took the time to focus on these otherwise humans, especially when, when it comes to Clint, that he, he's the normal dude that doesn't have to be on this team, but feels like he should be. Well, and his... His, his, his great speech to Wanda yeah, was that, so wonderful. And it's... It yeah, doesn't make any it's, sense. It's I have a bow and arrow. <laughs> it's going through everyone's head, and they addressed it. Yeah. yeah. That uh, was great. Uh, that was done well. So you, you, you have to toe that line between, here's this whole bunch of great characters that are all vying for screen time. And now you also have to turn around and introduce a new villain. And now you also have to introduce two new Avengers. But to do all of that while continuing that framework for, for for the third is... The Vision thing wasn't huge. They've no, been not, talking not about Vision that. showing but... up, what Vision did. Oh, well, yeah. To prove he, uh, he was on their team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole audience on that scene just gasped. That, that was great because we got that moment, which was been released, you know, months and months and months ago. And it just looks like it's a fun little outtake where, hey, look at us and we're all trying to pick up the hammer and do our thing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so that scene comes in the movie and it's wonderful because it's a light moment just before <laughs> Ultron shows up and wreaks all kinds of havoc with his scary, you know, Pinocchio speech. Um, but then to bring it back at the end, which is like, oh. So that was great. I, 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 like I said, it was crafted well. There were, there were, there were parts of this movie. There was a good chunk of this movie was crafted really well. It was still just for two volts. It bloated. And I'll, I'll touch on what you said. I think that in writing this story, he felt like he needed to strike a balance with the heroes, and that's why I that's think the thing to do Avengers. No, see, and that's the problem. Avengers works because there's not that much of a balance. Everybody has something to do. Everybody has a, a purpose and a goal. But as you said, it's it's the story through Steve's eyes yeah. is what it is. And Iron Man comes in there. He's sort of the, the quasi-antagonist for the first film for a while. Because it's not even antagonist. It's just more he's he's rubbing the wrong way against the team. But for a purpose, purposefully. In fact, we, we understand his motives. With this film, I felt that they were trying to balance it so much that they needed a they needed a character or two again that the that there was the heavy that the, the, we were seeing through their eyes we were experiencing this story more from their point of view and unfortunately by spreading that out then again I feel like I I only got little bits and pieces of of everybody I didn't get one solid thing I could grasp onto as I did in the first movie with Captain America being you know, the one that really was pulling this whole team together. Here's what I liked about this movie immensely. 
is that everything that I saw previous to this, the movie and, and went in with expectations about were completely shattered by this film because <laughs> it was nothing that I expected. You touched on a little bit about how it, it just felt like it was going to be so dark and there was going to be this conflict within the team and this, the, you know, Tony against the other guys. And while it, it kind of goes down that road, you never feel like there's this whole division of the team, that there's this whole pulling everybody apart. You never get that feeling. You still get the feeling that these guys have been doing, having, they've been the Avengers, they've been doing these missions all along, which is what the first part of the movie sets up, is that this is their, their, this is old hat for them now. They do this kind of thing. And that was great, too, because it we didn't have to spend any time getting Thor to Earth. And yeah, we yeah. didn't have to reassemble we, we just, them. Right. Oh, we're cleaning up after Hydra. Okay, cool. Oh, an age. Oh, agents of Shield sent us I'm so wrong last week. I was so wrong when I said, you know what? Everybody's expecting this grand setup, and we're just not going to get it this year. And cool. (laughs) The last ten minutes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, I was going, yes, yes. (laughs) Sorry, that's a whole other story. But I really, in summary, thoroughly enjoyed the film. It's got the right wit and humor. It's it's all there. It's the same thing from the from the first film. It's. That the characters were quite enjoyable. This is, but this is what is has me had me the most excited about this. Is this is a comic book movie? This is how the Avengers is done in the comic books. You bring in all the comic, you bring in all the characters, you beat the snot out of the bad guy, (laughs) you win as a team, and you move on. And there is a lot going on, and there's nobody. Going against the whole where I said well, you need somebody to kind of walk you through as a film in a comic book context, everybody everything is very balanced in the comic books, so it does make it feel like that. And so that that's why I say it's a better it's an actual Avengers film. It's a better Avengers film in my opinion for that reason because it is more like the comic. Yeah, it's a better Avengers comic <laughs> film. <laughs> um, uh, this is the other thing that I that I have to say about it is I'm, I'm very. I'm trying to reel back on my criticisms of the film because I did enjoy it. I came out of it. I, I, the kids and I were talking about all the great things and then the, and the nods. I loved all the fan service that we had. I did enjoy the setup. I just felt like that was one of the things that added to the bloat was we were setting too much up. Well, we even got the we, name we drop. We got the Wakanda drop. Wakanda. We got the um, – Well, the whole character that it's uh, pretty much – it's not confirmed but highly rumored is going to be in Black Panther. So – it's one of these films that, and I, I, the first Avengers movie, while I walked out of it and said, a whole lot of fun and a great film. This one I walked out of went, a whole lot of fun and a good film. The first movie I said, I really got to see it again to kind of absorb everything. This one I think I really have to see again in order to absorb everything. And now the other thing I can go into it knowing what to look for, what I felt like I missed in the first time through, I can go into it again. And it's got rewatchability. I yeah. can go in and do oh, it again, and so I can pick up more things that I can glam. Kind of like Guardians so of the Galaxy. Next week, so I probably will have enjoyed. I might have elevated this to a great film once I've seen it the second time. Unfortunately, you know me. On first viewing, you have to make an impression on me first time through. You have to make an impression on every everything has to hit the right mark the first time through for me to say that was a great film. Was it just me? Or was it the dream sequence in the particular? Dream was more of a setup than. The pool. But I feel like we missed the 
this is one of those instances maybe where as a dumb viewer, I would have liked when he went back into the dream for them to have really honed in on what image it was that gives him the clue that this is what needs to happen with vision. Oh. And we didn't. We, he goes into the pool and he goes into the dream and then he's kind of out of the movie for, for 15, 20 minutes. And then minutes shows up and knows what to do. And shows up and Frankenstein's the coffin. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> You know, that was he, a cool effect when they're trying to get yeah. it finalized, and he comes in and smashes the hammer down the coffin, just charging it with energy. That was that was incredible. But you know, the, and then he, he and he gives his rationale. Well, I saw this, and blah blah blah. Well, maybe had they had done given us that actual image, then well, it wouldn't have felt so much like set up and wasted. The only time thing that Mel and I could come up with was the the gems lined up in the almost ghostly hand like apparition of the nebula behind them that it you know yeah. is like the gauntlet's coming um but that's not in the the, the revamp dream yeah did anybody expect the mind stone to be in no well i i, I actually kind of had suspected i didn't expect it to change colors and everything cuz there was so much speculation at least online that well if the Tesseract is a Infinity, Infinity gem. gem, what's Loki's scepter? And it just made sense that since it, he was controlling people, that it was the mind gem. It just it, it, it didn't surprise me. It just clicked into place once it happened. I was like, okay, yes, that makes sense. Were you surprised sense. by the mind um, gem being No, I, I think maybe this is one of those things that I was spoiled on and didn't know that I was spoiled on it. But from the moment he walked out with the scepter in the first Avengers, it was just kind of like, well, that's gotta be also. And I'd heard somebody say that it was a soul stone, which didn't make any sense to me at all because they weren't, they didn't have anything to do with souls had to do with taking over your mind. And then for them to actually name it in this film, it's the mind gem. I was like, Oh, cool. That makes sense now. But yeah, no, I totally knew the scepter was a. Uh, now I had no idea it was an infinity stone. I, I thought it was know. something of, of alien power that yeah. obviously let him control minds it gave me the impression that it was whatever was feeding it was fueled by the tesseract is what i thought i thought that because that, i, I heard that argument blue. also yeah. so although it wasn't until my seven-year-old son <laughs> when it when they i can't remember what scene it was if it was, it was coming up and it was coming out it was being drawn from the oh when they were breaking the crystal around it mason looks up to me and goes Oh, I bet that's the mind stone or mind gem. And I looked at him and I went, "He's so right." I did not expect it to go on Vision's forehead. And I said, <laughs> "That's that surprised me completely." Well, Vision has. I know. I that just thought there. it was just a painted and design. So I didn't he, realize that's what he it was. says that. And I went, oh, "That makes so much sense. Why Loki would able to control people's minds?" And it was like this. Oh my gosh, my seven-year-old son just schooled me in <laughs> Marvel comics. And I said. How did you know that? And he said, well, there was that whole story in, and you remember me referring to um, uh, Superhero Squad that he used to watch mm-hmm. that was these really simple, oh, yeah, dumbed-down yeah, versions yeah. of the Marvel comic arcs that I watched as a kid. He goes, it was from Superhero Squad. That was the, thing, the, the gym that controlled minds, so I only assumed that that had to be the Mind Stone. And I went, <laughs> I feel so dumb now. <laughs> But he he didn't know it until he he put two and two together. But he connected with him before it connected with me, and I went. <laughs> so now, how powerful is Vision 
Because yeah, he's got an infinity. He's stone got an infinity stone in his head, and essentially made powering of him vibranium. Well, that, that was only that was probably my only complaint with this. His, his, his body is made of both the organic material and, and vibranium. yeah, it melts it's together. That, it's that meshing. Of is my, my my biggest complaint so far with Vision is that he's too powerful. They've created this being that can do anything and everything, and I don't know if he, he's probably that way in the comics. So it's not like I can uh, blame the movies on this, but it just. What do you? He, Where do you go from there? He's the nuke. What do you do? He's Doctor Manhattan. What are you gonna do? That's what now? Mel compared him to. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's the closest to that. It's this almost is, like how far they took Superman before they pulled back his powers. This is my prediction: is that Vision is going to be the catalyst of the Avengers: Infinity War. The reason being, I saw a lot of speculation. Thanks, that was going to be thanks to my son's <laughs> knowledge of uh, superhero squad and us watching that all the time in superhero squad. The Silver Surfer becomes the agent of Thanos through some control and deception. Oh. And I think that that's the route they're going to go with Vision. Is that Vision Thanos is going to be able to – somehow going to be able to corrupt Vision Once he gets and utilize him. And because and Vision is so powerful, the Avengers will have to come together against Vision. See, I saw speculation that it was going to be Vision going up against Thanos. Well, I think ultimately that's what will have to happen. At, at the very end. But, but I think that, that, that not before he's controlled by Thanos and, work, and has, has been basically against the Avengers. That's my prediction. Um, so the ending where we kind of get the new crop of Avengers. <laughs> that was yeah. neat. That was kind was, of a was, neat was, was new Avengers cool. nod. Um, and then the, the – I want to see a movie with that team now. Yeah, bring it on! I'm ready. Uh, don't it. you think we'll get probably that team in Infinity War as well? I think so. we'll get I think the, the, that'll be the I, establishing team in Infinity War. I think War. the idea with Thor taking off, Barton hanging up his arrows. Well, and they had to push um, Hulk away. From Hulk's Civil gone. War can't, he can't be there for Civil War. Right, Hulk's going to be gone. I think that, it depends on how Civil War shakes out. For me. I think by separating those teams and and, and and Tony's hanging up, you know, his Iron Man suit. I think the ideas will start Infinity War, and these are the guys have been doing what the Avengers did between the Avengers films. They were doing running missions, doing cleanup, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And uh, I have a feeling that we'll set the next films up with those guys being kind of the ones in charge doing the Avengers missions, and then we'll have to bring everybody back in for the well, fight against them. And we Thanos. might see some of them come in in Infinity War too. I mean, since it's so cap heavy, and some of who come in. Some of the, those Avengers. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. I think they're, like they'll be the Civil they'll War. be the catalyst of the yeah. first part of the film. Is well, they'll not, be not the Infinity Avengers. War. I mean, cat, Civil War. Did you guys stay through all of the credits? <laughs> there's yeah. no in, in there is no because the guy came out at the draft left. house and told us there's nothing after. I the left house. because I, I had already had talked to people that had end. seen it and said, "Yeah, Joss didn't lie. There's no in credit. I stayed for the mid credits. You stayed for the mid credit scene. Yeah, that didn't do much for me. Then it wasn't as exciting as the mid credit scene for Avengers. To me, I just like hearing Josh Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you haven't heard. Oh, him it's talk him putting the glove on, yeah. the gauntlet on. Yeah. yeah. All right, we've railed on long enough about the Avengers, and again, anybody that hasn't seen it, we apologize. And I'll try to set a point where you can come back and start listening for Daphne's <laughs> stuff and news of the week and feedback. Shall we move on to news? Did anybody do anything else? Was Avengers the only thing? Here's, here's news of the week: the Avengers you said came you were out. Come back to? No, I'm still coming back to it. So you have one more item of what you did this week? Yep, but okay. I'm waiting still. All right, whatever. Still coming back to it. There's a reason. It'll make sense. Okay. All will be revealed. <laughs>
News. News. We got news? The Avengers came out. Yay! <laughs> uh, Big Finished has announced that they've secured the rights to do Torchwood. Woohoo! They're going to do six new starry, stories. 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 Starring Captain Jack and his team coming out this autumn. The first one called The Conspiracy. Did they put ink to paper or are we reporting this late? It came out. The news came out today. Huh. What did I see? I saw something a few weeks ago. There was a couple. Talking of, about it. Uh, I know there was a couple weeks ago. Barrowman said that more Torchwood's coming. Like there was a lot of speculation that maybe the TV show was coming back. Yeah, but that's what and I'm I think thinking. This of. is this is what that is. Any um, port in a storm, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be coming out. It does not say who all. It does not confirm who all is going to be on his team. So we don't know if it's post Miracle Day where it's going to be set. Um. Ooh, that's an. So that's an interesting. The new series of audio dramas will focus on each focus on different members of the Torchwood team, exploring the impact that a mysterious event has on them. So it sounds like all six stories are going to tie together. Hmm. Okay. And the, the the entire range is called conspiracy. Torchwood, the conspiracy. So no word on who all is coming back for it yet. So other than John Barman, yeah. more than likely. Maybe somebody speculated. Definitely. Maybe somebody speculated on this. I can't find the article, but I saw an article like five weeks ago. Nope, this was a big, big finish announcement. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I see it all over the news feeds now, but I read. It must have been a speculative. Um, it must have been tied in when you were talking about everybody was wondering how it was going to happen. And made some offhand been, comments about more Torchwood. And yeah, it must have been over. a speculative article that I read that Big Finish would be the likely home for that. Makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Especially now that they're doing a new line of new series uh, unit stories, too. So. Well, and the genius of this is that, you know, if they're successful... They can do what they've done with Doctor Who and pull actors who are not on the show anymore <laughs> yeah. and do stories that are set within such and such time frame, you know. Um, and Well, it's ripe for Yonto being back. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And it's... Uh, you Even could, Owen. You could do stories with Owen and Martha. You could do stories from the first season. You could do stories from, you know... You could even bring back Susie. Yeah. You could do pre-Gwen. I mean, you could, there's there's a lot of... Although it sounds like it's going to be an overarching story. Well, so. that's why I said th this one. I think they have to be very calculated with who's in it and when this one's set. That's what it was. Okay. Just to be able to, you've got to you know, kind bring Coulson in. You've got to have that established <laughs> base first. Yeah. And being that Miracle Day really left a sour taste in everybody's mouth, I they have to don't think they'll set them after that. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I can't. I can't see them going. Just because we don't know what's going to happen with the Torchwood license going forward, it makes sense to me that it would be pre-Miracle Day. That would but. make sense, too. Okay. It was Castor Boris. John Barrowman is revealed during a press conference promoting the latest series, Arrow, in which he is a series regular that Torchwood is to return. At this stage, it is to return to radio. That's why I was uh, – radio. Oh, I was go. connecting Big Finish with radio immediately. The medium in which the last, which the last adventures were aired back in 2011. That's where I was. I connected immediately when I read radio. I'm sure I connected Big Finish. Went, okay, well, Big Finish will produce <laughs> well, it. Must, that's must what be I, Big Finish. <laughs> I knew that I had that connected a long time ago. This was back in January. We're on, we're on radio. Big we Finish January 14th, 2015. <laughs> I knew that was a long time ago. 
the one thing that I would worry about is if the conspiracy element is tied in with, with Miracle Day and looking at Miracle Day through the events of, because, I mean, you, you can't necessarily do the team. We know what they were doing during all that. So yeah. the ones that aren't there are not there for a reason. So, but I, I would feel like we've already done that with the, the webcomic and, yeah, the, you know, wasn't done very well. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe they can fix that. <laughs> maybe, but, maybe they can fix some stuff in Miracle Day. Yeah, like I said, as, I, as well as they retcon things, maybe they can retcon <laughs> some stuff that people didn't. Like I think they'll that. probably stay away from it initially probably. and then come to it later. Just uh, my two cents. Other news: Jimma Redgrave is returning to the show. We kind of wondered if she wasn't going to be coming back because of the big finish stuff, but it is confirmed she is in episodes seven and eight, as well as one and two. Yeah, I think that will make her the first actor or actress. Uh, playing a character concurrent to Big Finish and oh, and television. television. I believe you're right. Yeah. Other news: uh, they have announced covers and authors and titles for three new Twelfth Doctor novels: Royal Blood by Una McCormick, which Big- just happened. Royal Blood. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Royal Baby. Yeah. Congratulations, Prince William and the Duchess of Cambridge. And all of you who are uh, avid uh, baby ro- Royal Baby Watch, which I guess we... we Rachel was. Uh, we kick-started that with Friday Night Who this week. <laughs> yeah, because that news <laughs> she, broke she, 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 she was so, very happy. She's like, oh, thank you for keeping me up. <laughs> can we talk a little bit about Royal Baby Watch? Because when George was born... I remember the lead up to it was like months and like it was all over the news feeds and everything was happening and there were people waiting outside the hospital and they were watching for the cars to come in and See, people were wearing all their regalia and they were had all of their like ba- Royal Baby Watch merchandise and banners and flags and things like that. And then I knew this time Kate was having a baby and then she had a baby. <laughs> And there quick. was hardly any lead up <laughs> See, to this. I, I wonder if in the UK there was more. Uh, maybe because and I, Sarah and I were talking about this when maybe it was, it was like, on your radar a, this time. You, yeah, maybe. And I, I think even the lead up of oh she's going to pop any time in the US was probably uh, lessened by Baltimore. Every, Baltimore is saturated with the news, especially in the past week. So when week. George was born, maybe we didn't have so much going on. I, I think there wasn't such a big, hard news story. And even in the UK, I think it was probably less because of the elections coming up, too. Yeah. So it was a balance between you got election and baby, and that was probably that most of it. Not so what mention, you're saying is back in the day, you just had to feed the dragon. Not to mention, boy or girl, this one could not be an heir to the throne. Or it could be, well, but it is. It's way like down it's the road. fourth in line. Yeah, fourth in line down so, the road. So. I think part of it is also that... It is their second child? I mean, it's George. Not the, it's George not the first is possible third in line. No, yeah. fourth. In, one, two, three. Third in line now. George is third in line. Baby, no name so far. I'm going Baby for, girl. I'm going for Diana. Baby girl so far is like way down the line. Yeah, it's, well, it's fourth, so it's the next one. <laughs> until until she gets I her dragon. Naturally, <laughs> and then comes in and and you know. So you think that the baby's name will be Daenerys? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Other novels include... If they name it Khaleesi, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> that's her title. That's not her yes, title. Yes, there you go. Uh, big, <laughs> big fail, Kate <laughs> Williams. 
and any other parents that have named their kids Khaleesi. What if they name her Clara? Big Bang Generation by Gary Russell. And then finally, Deep Time by Trevor Baxdale. Baxendale. So a couple of familiar names, at least, to uh, for some uh, authors. And then our final bit of news. Uh, not that long ago, who was it? Uh, Colin talked about, oh yes, there's definitely going to be a sequel to the Five-ish Doctor's reboot. Now, Davison's kind of backtracking on that a little bit. He's saying the proposed sequel is still possible if he can come up with a good enough idea. But he cautioned, there are two problems, really, in my head. I wouldn't want to do it if it was half-hearted, and nowhere near as good as the other one. So it would have to be a good enough idea. The other problem, and it's a fairly major one, is that we had probably the best cast you can imagine. Literally everyone said yes, with one exception. And it's very difficult to imagine getting that cast together again and not paying them. I couldn't really ring up people and ask them to do a day for no money at all. Their patience might run out. So if I did come up with a good enough idea, I didn't have to figure out a way to actually pay them some money. Disagree. All these things are not impossible, but it wouldn't even go down that road unless I thought it could be better. So, pretty much... It's possible, but don't expect it anytime soon. It was kind of an anomaly that it was able to happen because of the 50th, is yeah. what I'm hearing more than anything else. Well, I'm, I'm fine with his first part of his stance, that, you know, not just doing it for the sake there of doing are, it, but doing it because you have a story, and you have a, a story that works within the confines of it. Okay, fantastic. You've just, you've just approved the theory behind every sequel ever. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it unless you've got a good enough story to warrant it. Okay. The payment thing adds, uh, you know, family. Just calling some favors. Well, in his case, and, quite literally. And family. There, are, there are some that I think you would be able to call in favors on. And I'm, I bet Colin and Sylvester would jump on it immediately and not have to be paid for it. Yeah. Others, maybe, I could see We're calling gonna, in that many cameos. I've already got a script for him, so. Oh, you do? Yeah. I told you, I told you months and months ago that. Uh, he needs to shoot it around conventions. Then they're oh, already right. they're already there, and the conventions are is the MacGuffin. That's the thing that you know they they go to these conventions. They meet each other at these conventions all the time. You can poke fun at fans. You can poke fun at fandom. You can poke fun of all kinds of things. Yourself, yourselves, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's you. It's right for you. Don't have to get Matt. You don't have to get Stephen Moffat. You don't have to get David Tennant. You get people like Deborah Watling and and Nicola Bryant. Keep it more and classic. Series you keep it more classic series. You get, you, it's it's living in the past is the theme of it. This is it's the we we the you know these knucklehead fans <laughs> that you know are holding on to classic Who come to these fan conventions and just gush all over these actors that really are you know I mean. No offense, guys, but they're B tier actors now. I mean, they're they're guys that are really kind of relishing, and they're, they're wonderful ambassadors. But the the tongue and cheek humor of it all is the fact that there's they they come, and we all celebrate this thing that we love that they were merely a part of, you know, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. And hey, so Sylvester McCoy was in the Hobbit. I think that it's it well, and again, you could play on that whole thing because. They're all see. There's a whole new generation of fans that are to see him because they only know him from The Hobbit. I mean, it's ripe for story. I mean, it's just there's. 
I'm sorry. It would be so easy to shoot. You shoot it while you're at the conventions. You shoot it while you're behind the scenes at the just conventions. It take longer time to make it. Yeah. Shoot it just over the course longer. of a year or so. Okay. So uh, Glenn is going to get on contacting uh, 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 Mop, shoot, uh, shoot uh, Peter uh, Davison and Davison with that. And um, we'll keep you appraised of his progress. I've always put, I've already put the script on um, what's the bo- uh, box without a box without a box yeah it's already there so well then nobody will see it <laughs> <laughs> especially not HBO well that's it for news now it's time for our Doctor Who legacy tip of the week our tip this week comes from Time Lord Ben he sent in some audio so let's take a listen. Hey, Vortex Gang, Time Lord Ben. Uh, I have a tip of the week for you for Doctor Who Legacy. Um, I've been asked a few times on Twitter, what do I do? Uh, who do I use? What perks do I set? Etc. Um, and in a nutshell, here's what I do. Um, it's real generic. It works for any color. Um, and I virtually do this every single time. Uh, of course, you first set your Doctor, so you pick whatever color you want to use. Um, I'm going to say yellow as an example. Uh, So then you've got companion slots 1, 2, and 3. And I put them in this order. Companion slots 1, 2, and 3, I use uh, color changing characters. The ones who will change one or two gems, depending on their leveling, uh, from the different colors to their dominant color. Then I put in companion slot number 4, a color enhancer. The ones who will give you a 10 to 30% boost on that dominant gem color. And in the last companion slot, this one's a little bit free and and, uh, flexible. Um, I, unless I need to do something else, will put in a gem dropper. And those are the ones uh, like uh, Santa, the expert Santa. uh, They will drop in uh, an X amount of dominant gem color gems uh, after the attack is over and it's like a bonus attack Um, now in terms of the perk I set everything to enhance my attack color like the the primary gem color um, with the exception of there's the two perks that have um, icons of the sonic screwdriver the plus symbol and the upward arrows and those are for attack uh, healing and HP boosting. I choose to set those two for HP boosting because what I want to do is I want to be able to take a bigger hit. My character points um, uh, after Chris from Radio Free Scarrow uh, and I had talked a few times um, I settled on the strategy of setting all my character points for attack so what I want to do is I want to boost where I can my HP. Um, so now I've, I've set the perks to enhance my primary color, uh, I want to enhance the the gem drop the, at the beginning of the waves, etc., um, etc. Et I want to max out as many of my dominant gem colors and how much attacking they can do, and then I want to max my HP at the same time. Now, what that all allows me to do is to do it. Uh, it's a bit of a boxing style, um, I suppose. I'm wanting to take as big a hit as I can for as long as it takes for the for all my character abilities to activate. 
minus the doctor's ability. I'm going to set his ability off to the side. You use that when and if you need to. But in terms of my companion abilities, I activate them in the order of one through five. So I color enhance, color enhance, color enhance, or excuse me, color change, color change, color change, then color enhance, then I gem drop. I do them all simultaneously, then I literally only have to move maybe one gem to activate the attack because at that point, all of the board or nearly all of the board is the same color. And it's also got all the little plus symbols next to it so they're all enhanced. Uh, or at least the gem, dominant gem colors are. And it it's a lethal blow to just about any color, any enemy. There are a few levels I've encountered where I've had to do this attack two to three times before I've wiped somebody out. Um, but as a general rule, you can, you can literally overwhelm somebody by doing this. Now, if there's a level where you have uh, a lot of poison being used against you, Switch, some, switch out your gem dropper for, uh, like, say, the Punishment Medic who will cure your poison. Or for Danny Pink, who's a bomb demolition guy, if they're, if they're hitting you with those a lot. Um, but unless you have that, that's the strategy I use. Is the, you know, I'll leave the gem dropper in. I like that. It's an extra little finishing move uh, at the end of your attack. Um, and it works. Um, it's what I use um, just about exclusively now. So anyway, that's my tip of the week. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so for now, that's it. Take care, guys. Thank you, Ben. That's a good tip. It's a good tip. Um, the uh, Very similar to what I do. Yeah, I was going to say, that's something that I've employed from time to time by, by stacking that color up. Yeah. Uh changing changing change change and then doing that drop in and getting that added bonus as he as he mentioned. It's 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 like getting two attacks in one really, because you that second set jumps drops in of that same color adds to that impact that they hit. So yeah. it's, it's it's pretty good. Uh he also sent in uh, a tip clarifying his tip. Uh we're not gonna play that. But we will say what he was clarifying was the fact that the reason he's getting more drops on his iPad is because it's those drops that would naturally come as you play the level the first time through, not a replay drop. Right. So that's what he meant by that. The new device looks at those levels as new, even though those levels are already unlocked because it's connected to the cloud. As everybody remembers when we've all first started playing this game, you were getting more frequency of gym drops. The new device looks at it as though, well, I haven't dropped those gyms for you yet, so here you go. And yep. it drops them. And so that's why he's had a little more frequency there as well. He did also mention that he's using that opportunity of getting those gems to go back and renumber his characters because, as you know, once you have re- you've balanced out your characters with the different numbers on 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 the uh, different abilities, you have different attributes, then you don't get to change those unless you pay for it. So you know, he's using those uh, gems in order to go back and kind of rebalance some of his team and some of his. Uh, Member some of his uh, characters, have which you guys, is a good idea. Have you guys done any of that? Huh. Have you gone back in and, and decided, I just, wow, did I screw that character up? I'm going to completely redo it. And- no, I did. I've, I've evenly attributed the points. I did on two characters until it occurred to me that there were so many repeat abilities that I could just go in and, and find the person that had similar abilities and rebalance that character where I needed it gotcha. for that certain <laughs> team. I did do because I, I was 
initially building my team and my characters factually, you know, so (laughs) you know, Martha, okay. She's a doctor, so she should be great at healing. And I would throw all the points into healing or, you know, Rory's a nurse and and I would do and uh, ace. Okay. Ace is going to attack and she's going to be big into you know, and then I realized that's kind of dumb. I want, <laughs> I want everybody to attack all the time. So I did have a couple that I went back. I didn't do too many of them, but I think there were two or three that I went back and paid for the let's let's reassociate all of the points. That I, I was did with those. Um, I was a victim of just balancing my team evenly. That's so giving as many, just yeah. giving as many uh, here, there, or everywhere, until it occurred to me that there were some teams that I were wanting to build. More powerful than others, others that I was wanting to build mm-hmm. as healers, ones that I was, you know. So when I started running the gamut of different types of, of team building, then I went back and, and adjusted a few. And then it occurred to me, well, some of these guys are pretty much the same character with a different <laughs> name. So I just, I was a little more cognizant of what I was, yeah. how I was building my characters, playing to their strengths. But thank you, Ben. Yes, All good information. You. And that was your Doctor Who Legacy. Tip of the week. Moving on to feedback, Ben sent in another little bit of audio that is not tip, it's feedback. Hey, Vortex Gang. Uh, one last thing. Um, I'll keep it brief. But I tweeted Sean. I uh, haven't heard back, so I don't know if he saw it. Um, but I was on Amazon the other day, and just for giggles... I searched for um, something I've been kind of keeping my eye out for, but hadn't really looked at it in a while. Um, of course, they had it, um, whereas I don't think they had it before, or maybe I just didn't search correctly, um, but they had it now. And next to, or within the description, were the words in bold red, only for left, order soon. It got me. Didn't even have to look at anything else. I hit click order. Uh, so I purchased uh, very much on impulse the smartphone controlled canine toy. Uh, it's set to arrive the end of next month, the early part of June. So I'm guessing Amazon US is importing it from the UK. Um, I've already downloaded the app that controls it. Um, it's a free app, clearly. Um, the app itself is kind of fun, even if you don't have the device or the toy. Um, it's an app icon on your phone of K9. That alone is completely worth it. If you open the app, you can actually make all the noises and phrases and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of fun, even on its own. Uh, but yes, um, hopefully uh, it arrives sooner rather than later. And when it does... Um, I, I have uh, been already asked to do a video of it uh, functioning, um, so I will make sure to put that out there as soon as I get it. But anyway, uh, Sean, and I know all you guys are, are you know, fans of K9 to an extent, but, but Sean and I are, are simpatico in that um, K9 is awesome. So anyway, um, that's it, guys. Uh, take care. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. I'm now going to look for this app. See if I can find it. That just sounds awesome without the toy. Say, I, I have not seen um, the the tweet. It may, it may be out there somewhere in the in the in the ether, or it may be in my uh, my direct message, Ben, which I haven't looked at. Um, 
I, I remember seeing video of it when they initially released it, and it's really cool. I'm very jealous. Well, and you're almost, you know, of, of, of any of the three of us, you're the one that I think is, I mean, we're, you and I are big canine fans. We Glenn, canine. Glenn, Glenn kind of poo-poo's on the robot dog. He doesn't like Poo-poo on the robot dog? Like yeah, that. he poo-poo on everything. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I think Keith more than anybody is going to get super excited over that. I'm going to start looking that up and put that yeah. on you're my on a, list. You're on Amazon right now, aren't you? I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on in feedback, our next bit of feedback comes from Holly. And, oops, I was in the wrong one. There it is. Holly writes, it's always Davros, Davros, Davros. Someone may need a Snickers. And it's not me. Hey, guys. Been MIA for the past couple of feedbacks between a couple of busy weeks, no internet connection for a bit, now fixed, and then a cold. I'm now back in action. Housekeeping for the Traveling the Vortex book club. There was a tie yet again. And by coin flip, the book selection for May is The Crawling Terror by Mike Tuck. And the book selection for June will be Lethbridge Stewart, The Forgotten Son by Andy Frank Frankham Allen. Frankham Allen. Sorry about that, Andy. <laughs> On to the main topic of discussion. The question of are the Daleks better off with Davros is a good one. And on one side of the coin, I can say that, yes, the Daleks are better off without him. Sure, he created them, but they seem to fare pretty well with him not there pulling the strings and aren't being the somewhat <laughs> operative word. You found the app? Of course I found the app. Because I'm a huge canine fan. I give it a week before he deletes it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And aren't, being the the somewhat operative word, as destructive as they normally would be if the Doctor or the Time Lords aren't around. But then there's the other side of this coin, where he is kind of needed because of how many times he has shown up with a new and improved model of the Daleks. Not that the Daleks haven't come up with some of their own special modifications over the years without his help. The two of them almost go hand in hand. The question of is Davros better off without the Daleks, I'm going to have to say that's 50-50. If he didn't have the Daleks, who's to say that he wouldn't have come up with something else to try and take over the universe? I, that clicking <laughs> I thought you were doing that on purpose. I'd thought so too. Sorry. I thought you were just doing it just to annoy me. No, I just heard that clicking. I was like, what is the f- what's clicking in the background? Oh, it's the canine app. <laughs> Yeah, I give it a week. Oh, I found it. The toy? The app. Oh. found the, app, the toy, too. I, how, how many left? Two. Ooh, you better hurry up. <laughs> how much is it? Eighty-nine ninety-nine. Ooh. That's a stiff punch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Glenn, put your credit card away. What are you doing? <laughs> You're going to break Keith's heart. Don't, don't push. Oh. Did it update? Is there only one now? Yikes. Better move quick. <laughs> um, sorry, Holly, I got distracted. <laughs> um, who's to say that he wouldn't have come up with something else to try and take over the universe? Don't tisk me. <laughs> <laughs> the Davros audio. Ah, Davros, trying to get things to go his way and have it foiled by the doctor. I'm sensing a theme here. Heaven help us if Davros and the Master ever decided to get together and trade notes. We might be in trouble. Again, we might wind up in the Acme side of things with the... 
Really? <laughs> Sorry. You know his does that. Thank you. Then again, we might wind up on the Acme side of things with the two of them doing their best wily coyote. I, she, she didn't put it in here, but I have to do this. While ye coyote, super genius, planning, and the doctor doing his best roadrunner impersonation and foiling them. Loved in the audio how both the doctor and Davros try to one-up each other at their place of work. Also, the doctor and his refusal to wear the company uniform had me chuckling. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing the discussion on this topic and everyone's thoughts on this. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Our last bit of feedback comes from Chrissy. I'm locked up. Oh, okay. oh I'll, yes. I'll read it. I thought you were ignoring no, us again. I'm trying, I'm trying to get... Oh, wait. No, you, you notice Keith and I were both expectantly paused going... <laughs> and... And Glenn's just tapping away on his canine app or whatever's going on over there. We're like... I'm still froze up. Go ahead. Okay. Siri, stop sucking. Chrissy writes, the madness of an evil genius. Dear Vortex Boys, holy... Holy... Sorry. Holy cow Davros. Both the character and the big finish play. I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Davros as a character is... As a character is so much more interesting without the Daleks than he is with them. But he will never give them up, I think. I understand why, like I mentioned last week, I listened to I, Davros for, for just a little extra material in going into this week's podcast. Without giving too much away, in case you all decide to review it at a later time, that series of stories gives so much more information and character to Davros, and it's completely without the Daleks. However, you can see the events in his life that lead him to be the one... To create the Daleks, as well as how he be, how he comes to be such a megalomaniac, it's absolutely chilling and fascinating at the same time. Davros is completely obsessed with his creations. That's why he keeps running back to the Daleks and demanding that they follow him, even though they're, for the most part, moved on without him. He almost doesn't care that he and these other people are willing to hang on his every word in the company of Davros. Without the Daleks. It's like his life is totally meaningless. It's not that he needs them to do anything for him, but he needs that constant reminder that he created them, and his scientific achievements mean something more than he's utterly crazy. It's his validation in life to be the creator of the Daleks. He could go on and on he could go on and do something else, but he never does. That's why he's convinced himself he needs them. Even when they turn on him. Honestly, it's pretty sad. That's what I've got for Davros. He could be better without the Daleks, but chooses not to. Which just adds another layer to his character and makes him that much more interesting. Hope you all have a good week. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Here's what else I did this week. I, too, listened to I, Davros, and that's why I was holding ah. off. Because I did not want to steal Chrissy's Thunder um, because she listened to it. And she's the one that tipped me off about it last week. Actually, she didn't tip me off about it. I knew about the uh, Big, uh, Big Finish series, uh, I, Davros, and I've always been interested in it. And when she brought it up last week, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to listen to that, too. And uh, I, too, will not go into a um, meaty review of it because it is something that we'll put on the schedule at some time. However, I and, will and say... And Chrissy, you're so cute with, in case we review it at some point in time down the road. 
I will say that it is a tremendous series, and we're going to review um, Davros soon, but I Davros actually fleshes out a lot of the flashback stuff that we get in Davros a oh. lot better. Um, well, I say better. It's, it, it really builds around all of that, and, the, and pieces of those flashbacks could could be lifted from Idavros, but they aren't. In fact, they're done kind of around the pieces that we get, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, and it really, like, the best thing about this story is it does not give a sympathetic bend to Davros. It doesn't give you the, well, society turned him that way. Oh, or good. his mechanics of... Of, of of living turned him this way, or the reason he's this way is because of a sheltered life where his his mother does have some machinations, but it is really kind of the the surroundings around Davros and not necessarily what molds him to become what he is. Mm-hmm. It's it's the he is always destined to be the megalomaniac that he becomes and this is just the crescendo leading to that point and it wasn't that davros fell in love with a thrall who exactly, then cut his wings exactly off. exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it was you're, you're exactly right it was not maleficent so well it, it could they davros couldn't have lifted the eye davros stuff because Davros is the first big thing. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So that's why oh, yeah. it, it builds around it. it, and, builds it, it yeah. and while they could have easily redid those exact things we hear in Davros, they built around that. Uh, and we right. got, it was more of the, the bookends of each of those yeah. pieces, which I thought was really done. So instead of redoing that audio and, the, and inserting those other pieces, and the, the, the gal that plays um, Sean uh-huh. comes back, and she's uh-huh. the, the same actress. Um, one of the neat things is the fourth story introduces us to Niter. So, uh, <laughs> and sorry, uh, got way too excited there. Anyway, that that's my mini review, and obviously we'll talk more about that when we do. But it's it's quite enjoyable, and I'm I'm looking forward to us reviewing this in the podcast. And thank you, Chrissy, for giving me the idea to go and, and delve into it a little more. Hopefully, I won't let it taint my uh, review of <laughs> <laughs> Davros, and and unfortunately. Lend to my discussion of why Davros, <laughs> why I truly believe that Davros does not need the Daleks. Hmm. I'll try to stay a little pure. Well, let's move on to our review of Davros. TAI stock has shot up over 15% on news that galaxy famous scientist Davros, controversial creator of the Daleks, has been hired to work on unspec- unspecified technological projects. Davros has been given the chance to redeem himself. Humanity stands on the verge of a new era, but it needs help. Needs the help of the galaxy's greatest ever scientist. But Davros is dead, isn't he? From the bunkers and shelters of ancient Skaro to the gleaming domes of future Earth Empire, Davros has always been a man of destiny. Now he's working for mankind's benefit. But how much do we really know about Davros? Has Davros really turned over a new leaf? The doctor certainly doesn't think so, but is the doctor always right? Dun dun dun! Sean didn't like it. Is that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> Damn, you were gonna say that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is for me as good as Master was. No, really? Yeah, no. I won't go that far either. See, I. 
I I think if if I were able to rank the three stories that were done for the 40th by Big Finish by taking well four technically, Zagreus I think is a, is its, is its own realm. Mm-hmm. But I think this was better than Omega, but not as good as the Master or as Master. Um, I'd probably agree. I, with I that. think Master was probably more of an inventive story. It, it it tried to do something a bit more new. While Davros starts to try to do something new. He eventually falls back to that same character we know and hate. Um, whereas Master, even through the very end, he he's not himself. He they, they tried a different approach with the character, and this is just more of fleshing out his backstory and giving him depth. If we had listened to these three together as when they come out, the interesting thing about this is Omega tries to paint a story of as we talked about. It was a situational uh, thing that, that caused Omega to become who he was. Yeah. It was basically he was it was a jilted background. It was a a if you if you like to believe this this a um, you, you know it was Rassilon uh, backstabbing him that really kind of created Omega. It was it was something that had happened in his past that turned him. Uh, the Master was a little different entity because of the fact that. The master was taken away from being himself and put in this little pocket, and we explore the master as a character without him being the master, but still having that under the you know the the belly, uh, just under the surface, the master still being there. So we had quite a different take on this with Davros. It's a Davros story. <laughs> it, it, it really boils down to the fact that there's there is no. We, while we get some of the painted background that we feel is developing the reason why Davros is the way he is, we don't get anything but nuggets. And it really only delivers on telling us what kind of person Davros ultimately is. And the interesting thing about this story is the Sixth Doctor continues to <laughs> tell us who the Davros <laughs> is. And he's right from day one. He is warning these characters in this story of what's going to happen. He's putting this man, this human humanoid in perspective and warning them all throughout this that this comes to no good end, that Davros is always this way and this is what he's going to do. And he tells us the whole time what's going to happen and ultimately it's what happens. And so I actually enjoyed the story for that because it was we know Davros. We know how we we oh, we yeah. listen to a story about Davros, and we know exactly what Davros is going to do. And this story does not trick you into thinking you're going to find something out new, or it's going to reveal you anything different. Because you have the Doctor doing the same thing we're doing. Going, Davros is evil. <laughs> he wants power. He's going to find any way to do it. And with the Sixth Doctor, you know, screaming the whole time, "No, this is what," and then having to play along and go, "Okay, well, I'll go through the steps." I actually kind of like that idea of the story that the Sixth Doctor all along is going, if I could just get it through. <laughs> well, it's, it's I almost, know what's going to happen, but you're going to have to learn for yourself. <laughs> it's almost a bit like Victory of the Daleks in that way. Yes. Of the, yes, of the Doctor yes. showing up and the Daleks are bad, they're evil, they're evil, etc. It's, it's very much in that realm. I, while I expected him to kind of revert back to status quo for Davros... I, for a while, kind of bought in of the idea of, well, maybe he might 
try to turn over a new leaf or at least explore the idea. And so the the, the attempt of what they tried to do worked on me. I think that and that's where they were going with it. Uh, yeah. I was trying and to I, I kind of in the back of my head always knew, well, he's not really gonna take turn a new leaf, but maybe he won't be he'll he'll It'll be a, just a different leaf. Maybe he'll just he'll try to take over the galaxy, but in a little different of a way, which he kind of ends up doing, but tries to do. But it's still kind of different. I just I it think, had me hook, line, and sinker. I think I would have probably fallen into that trap had even the sixth with, doctor kept going. Even not with kept, the doctor, had he not had, to, had he tricked the doctor at any point into thinking that there was a chance. If the doctor had questioned at any time during this whole story, if the doctor had had, had any doubt. That he was wrong, that the doctor himself was wrong, I might have fallen into that trap. But the doctor was so certain from square one all the way through this story well, that I, I, this isn't going to end well. The best you get from the doctor is, oh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the most positive thing he yep. says about him. The entire, you know. But the, think, even I mean, the well sees was more of well, you're just going to have to see for yourself. You know, you'll, I mean, you'll see that ultimately. Yeah. Well, no, when when, when, come when he's talking to Davros, when Davros, he's like, well, so you yes, think you're reformed. Yeah. Yes, I'm reformed. And, well, I'm going to be here to watch that. You know? and, 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 and then he says, well, we'll see. And you just know that he doesn't believe yes, him. And yes. I think part of my buying it and going into the idea is Terry Malloy's performance. Oh, as Davros, so was the, he did, it was so captivating. And I could actually kind of feel for Davros. And the way he expressed and he convinced that... His performance convinced me that maybe Davros was going to be able to turn over a new leaf, despite the doctor saying no, no, no. Despite what I know about Davros, the performance was so well done that I was that made me buy into it. I agree with you. I I I, I had the same I, thing. I, I wasn't ever since rewatching Genesis. Um, the actor who played Davros, Michael just, Wisher. Michael Wisher. He just blows me away in that, and I've never found Davros in the other in the R stories as compelling. But here, he is that compelling the entire time, in my opinion. The the thing with... I, I, I agree with you that I, I felt um, almost... Eh, maybe. You know, he's pouring his heart out about how horrible those 90 years frozen were. And, and, oh. and having this great backstory. And then he's awake the And he's awake the entire time. time and he's thinking about And that about was the first second. It. Yeah, I heard my heart beat. I was like, oh, man, that's got to suck. So there was a part of me that thought, well, maybe. But we know where this is set, at least within Davros's timeline. So we know what's going to happen. And we know that he's going to be bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that element of it was kind of like, maybe he does wind up starting to turn over a new leaf and then something catastrophic happens to him. Like, okay, whatever, we'll get there. But what kept going through my mind was um, the ebook where the seventh doctor was going, the Daleks are bad, the Daleks are bad. <laughs> and we're all going, yeah, they are, yeah, they are. And waiting for the true to drop. And then it didn't. It never and they, never, yeah. and you know, it never did. But I never bought it to that extent mm -hmm. with this. While I kept thinking about it, it was more of a victory of the Daleks. The Daleks are bad. We know the Daleks are bad. Davros is bad. I know that Davros is bad. When is he going to show his true colors? And part of that comes out with his performance because while there was a part of me that felt like, yeah, maybe he's going to turn over and lose, when he would turn on the charm and be slimy, <laughs> you know, 
Oh, my dear, I didn't mean to startle you. May I ride up in the elevator with you? It was like, oh, dude, <laughs> quit being a creeper. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, you know, definitely had that there. For me, I think where the story fell down, the first couple of parts were awesome. And then we really, really, really got busy with trying to retcon why Davros is the head of a major corporation in... revelation of the Daleks and why he's helping humanity with the food supply in the galaxy. (laughs) And it it, it seemed like they had this idea that we can drop this Davros story in here and kind of retcon some of that and, you know, kind of make that story make sense, which I'm all for. It's like, cool, backwards retconning. You know me, I'm all about that. But it seemed like they lost the narrative thread of exploring Davros as a character in order to set all that stuff up. And I, frankly, I got bored. I got bored with all of the political machinations that were going on. Some I got the, bored uh, with the business, the corporate speak, dry. the finance stuff. It's like, move it along. And it, it had to take, literally, they had to drop a nuke for the story <laughs> to get interesting again. And it was like, oh, man. See, See and I, I, love I, that. I, I thought, well, the the corporate stuff with Davros I thought was very interesting. It was the corporate stuff outside of Davros that the reporter of, oh, we're going to close the mines, etc., etc. That part I found kind of boring. But the idea of Davros essentially then, if he's not going to turn over a new leaf, discover a new avenue to try to conquer the galaxy, I found fascinating. Yeah. That's what I liked about it as well, is that there's no Daleks anywhere to be seen in this. And Davros is doing what he does best He's looking for his ace in the hole. He's looking for his path to domination, no matter what he has to use. And I think that while the corporate stuff worked for me, because while I saw it as I didn't see it so much as retconning, except for it really kind of satisfied my wonder as to how he became apt in being able to be head of a corporation. Because this isn't the corporation he's heading in right, in, right. in uh, Resurrection. This is the mechanics that gave him the knowledge or uh, ability to do that when he does finally become a corporate leader or quasi-corporate leader in that story. So it was almost like laying the groundwork for... This was like an internship for him in that <laughs> yeah. in that sense, and so I appreciated that. I thought, okay, I see what they're doing here. And while it didn't necessarily, I can see what you're saying, it's retconning, but where it didn't necessarily feel like they, it was forced retconning, it was more of a, hey, we can give a little bit of a nudge to Revelation and make it, or uh, uh, yeah, Re- yeah, Revelation, Revelation, and make it a little more palatable or soluble for by doing that. And I didn't feel they got down to boring because it really was also building on what was the guy that actually owned the corporation uh baines uh, arnold baines it, it it really kind of it kind of solidified the the idea of where baines was and that he was this i mean he didn't need much but he was he was this corporate leader who produced things that everybody needs and it was really just kind of the mechanics within that corporation and how Davros was going to weasel his way into that and then ultimately take it over and take it down. So it, it worked for me and I didn't feel like I got bored. Don't get me wrong. It, it, was, still a, it was still a good story. 
I just uh, and I, I agree with you. The the Davros looking for that ace in the hole. That he, he's 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 a very much fish out of water initially. And you know, okay, I don't eat, I don't do this, and you know, and, and kind of some of the explaining of that, and that's great. But it and it shows how quickly he is to uh, able to adapt to situations and and immediately seize upon something, and probably didn't sleep at all that first night. You know, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just totally pulled a con and started downloading the the information guides out of the out of the computer, and you know, right. look at all the stuff, and you know, he was learning. Back, and, and and just quantifiable. The stuff with him and the doctor was great. The 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 I and this is one of those things. Back to to um, his performances when he tells the doctor that you're probably the closest, the closest thing I have, to, I a have friend, to a friend. I bought it. And, oh yeah. And, and I don't think he was making it up. I no, genuinely I, I think, think he, he was. Yeah, and genuinely, when he tells the Baines that the doctor is his equal. He genuinely means that. Yeah. He does not believe that he is on a higher level or higher tier than the doctor. I think he genuinely believes that the doctor is his equal. And he sells the doctor that way, which I think was phenomenal. And I, again, I think that even, comes even down with to a little bit of story stuck in and, his throat yeah, saying it, you know? It comes down to story and performance. I think Malloy, he has embraced Davros and really turned Davros into a very interesting character that I think that the television series struggled with doing with putting Davros in almost silly situations sometimes. This, Malloy's interpretation of Davros in these big finish stories, anyone, the one where uh, the eighth doctor and he has the capsule, he's actually developed a capsule yeah. and he talks oh, about how yeah. he's, he's mutated earth and he's taken over. Just Malloy just, he's, he's got it. He's nailed the Davros character. And he, I, Michael Wisher will always be my favorite Davros just due to the fact that he was the first. And he was my first Davros. Agreed. But Malloy is so wonderful in the role. And I think that he's really developed Davros better than any other actor that's played him. He's gotten better opportunities. He certainly has. Big Finish has afforded him those better opportunities. I just, as good as all of that was, I feel like somewhere along the line when the writer figured out that, okay, we're, we're, we're going to tie this in with Revelation. So knowing where we're going to wind up in Revelation, he had this checklist. And he was like, okay, what do I have to do? Devros has to have some knowledge of finance. He has to be able to cure galactic hunger. He's got to do this. Oh, and he has to wind up as a head. <laughs> <laughs> and so as the story progressed and we're kind of going through things, I, in my head I'm going, check, check, <laughs> check. Oh, spaceship crash. And there's the last one See, on I the like list. That, you know. Though. I, I, I did, but I but just... But he doesn't end up as a head because he really wasn't there. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I just, I felt like it was, I don't know, it was too forced. I, I just, I, I really, really felt like they were hammering on the head going, look what we're doing, look what we're doing. It's like, yeah, I, I see, that's cool, leave it alone. Just let it be its thing and I'll come back and go, this is the greatest thing ever because it lended validation to Revelation, which on the surface is kind of a silly story. But, you know, and, and even though the Daleks aren't in this... I thought it was really interesting that the specter of the Daleks loomed oh, yeah. throughout this thing. Because it's Davros story. We, sure, sure. we kind of expect them. But, you know, we, we, we get the little hints with the, the backstory with uh, uh, the, the woman. And, you know, I call it the Davros initiative. And the fact that she actually thought it up. And he just... Sean. Is, is that it what Sean? you're talking about? Well, whoever the woman was. Is it Sean? You're talking about the, in the past. In the past, yeah. yeah. Sean, that's her name. Um, S-H-A-N. 
Shan. They might have said Shan. I thought it was okay. Yeah, and I never say keep saying Shan, Sean. So well, it's because you associate me with being a genius <laughs> and a woman and a woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, we did talk about how nice you look in uh, bridesmaids' dresses. I do so, look very good yeah. in bridesmaids' dresses. That's that's a fact. Shan. Um, that when when she even says, "Oh, we call the I call it the Dalek Initiative or whatever, <laughs> the Avengers Initiative." It's the Dalek Initiative. And and so just the word being dropped, going, oh, yeah, that's the moment, you know. And so you get that. But then in the present Did day, she story, actually call it the Dalek. She called it Dalek. Yeah. It was the Dalek, the Dalek something. something. I don't. Know. I don't she it wasn't called an it initiative. That? She, she called Dalek. it that. That was the name of her new paper. Is I call it the Dalek rollout, or I don't remember. But um, the, the 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 present day story arc with we've got this giant machine factory thing building robots. Oh. There it is. He's going to use this for, you know. He's going to turn those into dogs. Didn't even go there I'm with it. I'm glad that know? they didn't. And I I'm thought that was well done. Yeah. I thought that it, was, it the, was the nice little, you know, it, carrot on a stick, bait and switch. Yeah. It was very much the red herring that, oh, look, look what we got, look what we got. And then, they, oh, I put the circuit in the thing and the robot went homicidal. Oh, I know where he's going with this. Nope. Didn't go there at all, which was clever. And that was so cool. But like I said, I just felt like we got so bogged down with so much of the the corporate running of the thing. And, you know, like I said, a little bit was fine. A little bit was great with, you know, how we don't even see it, how much we are advertised to. Oh, and when yeah. the reporter tells her that, you know, it's everybody's here's got this. And she's like, well, did you want a drink? It's programmed with all fantastic. And I mean, she hears herself saying it. I sound just like the commercial. So, I mean, it was cool to have all that kind of stuff worked into that. But I just, I felt like they lost... For me, the Davros story, because mm-hmm. we got caught up in, oh, there's this corporation, and we're doing this, and we're doing this, and we're doing this. And it's not about Davros anymore. It's about what Davros is going to do. And I kind of felt like, eh, that's, that's, and that's unfortunate, because everything, like I said, leading up to that was so good. And he seems to turn on a dime. There, yeah, there, there that, wasn't, was, that was an issue I kind of had. In, in, in both instances, in, in, the, in the present story arc... He just suddenly reveals himself to be evil all along. Ha ha. I can't change my stripes. Uh. And in the past, there, there was no... I, they, they tried to make it that he felt jilted that, that Shan was smarter off with his politician <laughs> and smarter than him, but that his, his, his undying love for her was, you know... Yeah was not returned because she was off running around with this politician. So he blamed the politician for everything and had her sentenced to death. And that was it. But it, it, it just felt like it all of a sudden, just like, like you talked about vision kind of da, 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 And then all of a sudden, boom, it had that same kind of, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then bam, here's the end of that. I need to get all that out. Dalek solution. Solution. Thank you. Uh, we need to get all this out of the way because, well, he's Davros. He's got to be evil. And, yeah. you know, revert back to type very quickly so that I can wrap up all this. I'm like, well, you wouldn't have had to do that if you'd have dropped the corporate stuff and dealt with the story. I don't know. I just, like I said, I liked it. I did like it. And a lot of it was Michael Wish, or not, uh, uh, Terry Malloy. And and Colin. Of course, Colin's always oh, good. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Oh, and the, so I think the supporting cast did pretty well. And at least... Does it say who um, the, the the CEO was? Arnold Baines? I recognize his voice. I recognize his voice, but I didn't recognize it. I don't know it's where Bernard I recognize it. Horse, Horsefall. Oh, it's uh, 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 Gulliver. Yeah. Yeah, from uh, Time or uh, Mind Robber? Yeah. 
Um, his and wife, Chancellor Goff. And, um, <laughs> his wife was played by Wendy Padbury. She, she also sounded familiar. So I, did I couldn't not, I could place it. Baines yeah. from Back to the Future. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I could not quite place her and that's her voice. And it wasn't until I, I think it was part two that I looked it up and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could see that. And then she wasn't in as much of part two. So it was going to. I think I'm going to try to stay away from this, but I think what I liked about Idavros is all of the things that were sort of alluded to in Davros really, I don't want to say are spun a different way, but this story spins them in a different way than maybe the real what happened happened. Um, the paper she wrote, The Dalek Solution, was his inspiration for going the route that he did with the Khaled race. Right. Interestingly enough, her Dalek solution isn't his, what the plan ends up being. It's, it is, it's, it's a glimmer of what could be done, mm-hmm. which I think was, I just throw that in there that. Oh, and that's kind of how I interpret yeah. it. I, I don't think Davros is, is far too, far too genius to pull a very simple, I can't turn in my homework with your, you know, yeah, your, yeah. your homework with my handwriting, right. whatever. He's not just going to change the name and say, no, I did this. But it, it, it was the launching point. Yeah. Idavros reveals that it was the, the gleam that, that made him okay. think. Yeah. That, that, see, I agree with that. That's, yeah. how, that's how that should happen. Idavros also fixes a lot of the, um, remember I had the problem with their, the dolls and the falls. Is what they evolved from. Oh yeah, Idavros yeah. fixes that as well. So, oh, does it? Yeah, very cool. well. So maybe we should go back and watch the Daleks and then the, review Idavros. The, and then watch Genesis because <laughs> Idavros actually all of the, the it's it's constructed around the Daleks. They say that, that that he's on trial. Well, he's not technically on trial. It's a trial period for the Daleks because it's presumed that this is happening just before they take him back for the first um, R, uh, revelation of the Daleks. No, the first R was resurrection of the Daleks. Resurrection. And all of the, it's him telling them why he should be reinstated with the Daleks. And so we go back and we get the history all the way up to Genesis. <laughs> it's really well oh, done. Anyway, cool. I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Um, my only sour points with this story, I see your points, but I just they, they didn't bother me as much. My sour points are, are really kind of pedantic or nitpicky. The doctor <laughs> taking the bomb, running off with it, throwing it down the thing – and exploding and being far enough away from it that it doesn't affect him. That oh, he jumped down the the, the elevator shaft at one point, didn't he? Did he jump down with the bomb? I don't know. Two it different was, events. He jumped down an elevator. That's shaft right. And it on top of the. Elevator. And my first thought was, how did you survive that? <laughs> and then yeah, when the bomb goes off later after he's run off with it to spare everybody else, my second thought was. How did you survive that without regenerating? That was my only two little nitpicky points. Well, they was, said that the whole because as, as he and the guy are walking, and he makes the comment that chasm we just passed is fifteen miles deep. Yeah, and so that's the hole that he chucks it in. Right, but how could far, you have really chucked it far enough 
gra- could down gravity that hole. have done its work <laughs> in that time? Scene, yeah. yeah. And did it bounce off the wall? Again, it was a, that's a little <laughs> pedantic, but it just that it, it kind of stuck in my craw that I wanted at least a, a line drop as to why that was feasible, and I didn't get it, so I felt a little left out there, but. If that was my biggest complaint about this story, then this was a pretty good story. <laughs> well, as we learned from that one Tom Baker one, when we were underground and gravity is stronger, the closer you are to the core. <laughs> so it pulled the bomb. Don't use something else I don't like. <laughs> something I don't like. And you're really fast wrong, to... wasn't it? When they got closer to the core, there was less gravity? Yeah, I don't less remember. gravity when you got closer. Well, there's, this is... there's actually more gravity when you get closer to a core. Because, you know, actual science. basic eighth grade science tells you that that doesn't work that way. The whole core stretchy pants. So the, 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 the real question for this week is, does Davros, Davros really need the Daleks? I think he thinks he needs the Daleks. I don't know if he's better off without them. But he thinks he, he yeah, that's what it is. His dad is better, better off, off without the Daleks. I don't know if he's better off or not, but he definitely needs them. There's so much of his identity and how he values himself is based around the Daleks and his work there. I mean, he is a man of science, so his work is what he what he lives on, what he lives by. So I, I think there's an argument to be made there that he needs them. But he, I think, might be better off if he could get away from the Daleks yes. and try to do something different. I come down on that side as well because I'm, I'm the same way. I think there's this internal or mental need. I think he feels that he needs to be with his creation in control and utilizing the weapon that he developed. However, I think when he's without the Daleks, he clearly doesn't need them because... If the doctor hadn't been here at this point to step in, as the doctor has every time stepped in and thwarted his plans with the Daleks, if the doctor had not been a key element this time, I think this this would have worked. This plan oh, would have yeah. worked for him. He would have dominated. He clearly rises to some degree of power by the time Revelation comes around. However, it's revealed that He's utilizing the Daleks at that point in order to gain that ability. So it's it's that's a bad example. Is is he better off without him because he is using him in that sense? But you can see a situation with the story Davros that he doesn't necessarily need the Davros, yeah. need the Daleks, and he 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 would ultimately, I think, be better off without them. Unfortunately, the Daleks are just so ingrained in his identity that yeah, he, yeah. he can't he can't separate them. You just summed up the plot to Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah, I don't think so. You did. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, How did I perfectly sum up the plot to Birdman he, last he, week and this week? He, 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 he needs them. It's got a lot of plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's layers. Layers among layers. It's like an onion. Like an ogre. <laughs> You, I, I think Davros, and he's he's very. I'm, I'm going to use the Birdman example. He's the actor. He's 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 Orson Welles. You know, Orson Welles came out and did War of the Worlds. Orson Welles went to Hollywood and did Citizen Kane. And now what? And he frightened everybody with how genius he was, and never kind of reclaimed that 
height of his power. Davros comes out and he's a brilliant scientist and he has some small successes and then builds the Daleks, which is the pinnacle of, in his mind, look at what I can do. And then spends the rest of his life trying to recapture the glory of that moment and, and never quite gets there. Absolutely. He's better off without the Daleks. He, he, he could he could do so much stuff. He could do so much good. He could do so much evil. He could go create that virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which He's done that too. Which is another reason I never quite bought him. In order to bring him. back the Daleks. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's another reason I never quite bought him as reformed. I want to reform. It's like the guy that said, yes, I would do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, he, he you could do, and obviously anything he applies himself to. He succeeds quickly. <laughs> now you sound like my eighth grade teacher. Yeah. Anything you apply yourself, <laughs> I, you could do. You know, I, I don't understand this world. Well, here's a page of you know current economics. Okay. An hour later, here's a formula that will destroy this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or, you know, make, or make you very rich, one or the other. We need it. We need a new computer. Well, see, Davros would figure out how to destroy you. And make himself rich. Yeah, yeah. at I mean, the same time. A, yeah. here, here, we need a new computer to figure out how to travel to the next galaxy. Okay, here's two hours later. Here's a working prototype. Yeah. What? <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, he doesn't need them. But he can't see that. Right. Is, is, right. is, the, is the, yeah. the, the defining character flaw for him is that yeah. he's so wrapped up, as you said. Go back to what you Keith know. says. Is that it's he's, kind of it's, like it's, it's so much part of his Johnny character. It's, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> Tim Burton would be so much better off without Johnny Depp, but he just can't see it and he just can't let go. Next week on the podcast. Um, that was a good analogy. It is. It, it's, it, I was going to go with the Kevin Smith one, but it, that works much, much, much better. Kevin Smith is so much better off without Ben Affleck. But um, I was, I was going to make the analogy of Kevin Smith also can't... He's trying to recapture his past victories and going back to the well for Clerks 2... And eventually, Mall Rats two and Clerks three. It's kind of is he doing a Mall Rats two and Clerks yeah. three? Yeah, oh, dear. But he's going back to that well because he can't top what he think where he thinks he peaked. More on that later. Um, so yeah, I, I it, it's this one for me is is pretty cut and dried. Is is he better off? Yeah. I, in my mind, there's no question of it. I don't, I don't think. And now, of course, we haven't recovered all the Davros stuff yet. But um, with what we have to go off of, well, I don't think there's any reason for him, other than his twisted, stupid psyche, to to you know keep chasing that rabbit hole. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I mean, I think we would draw the same conclusions had we all listened to I Davros. Um, there, everything that you glean from this in that sense is just really more quantified with the Idava series. So um, there's a lot of fan service to it, but you 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 gleam just as much out of it as you, as you did as far as Davros's character. Let's flip this argument. We talked a little bit last week about the idea of what if the uh, the Davros what if, what if the Daleks led by Davros had become this unstoppable thing and hadn't had this falling out and this constant squabbling and civil wars and and all that kind of stuff. So he invents the Daleks, and they go forth and annihilate a bunch of people and enslave a bunch of planets and reign supreme with Davros on top. How long before he gets bored? 
How long before you get the scene from Superman 2 where he's sitting in the Oval Office watching the little balls click, and he's got somebody giving him lip service about, you are master of all you survey, <laughs> and he says, as I was yesterday and the day before. <laughs> what does Davros do at that point? What does anyone do at that point? I mean, yeah, well, I it's, it's, that's, that's any villain. Great, well, what do you do when boy. you get that? Uh, it's like... Okay, you want to destroy the world. Well, you're on the world, so uh, why? What, what are you going to do after you do that? I mean, it, it's that's well, the, that's just, the downside of villains is they don't fully think out, think through their evil plans. Okay, you get what you wanted, then what? Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, we've seen Davros go even further to the ultimate of destroying reality. I mean, that that, that that's where it goes to yeah. in Stolen Earth and 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 Journey's End is. He gets to the point where the world's not enough, the galaxy is not enough, the universe is not enough. Reality is the next. Yeah. So you, he's continually fi- now. That's that's the question. Had, had that been successful? Because obviously he had finagled his way back into the Daleks, albeit almost by chance. But and then was creating this reality bomb. I mean, ultimately, he's he's still. Every time we turn around and we see Daros, he's a step further. And yeah. and no matter how many times we've thwarted him, he's got a more ultimate goal each time. And so, who knows what would have happened after the reality bomb? I mean, he makes the point that the Daleks would continue on, but then the Daleks and Davros have both met their end goal at that point. Oh, yeah. So, and it and it's a joint effort again. Had the Doctor not stepped in. And thwarted the plans. That can be said for both. I mean, the, the Daleks and and Davros, with or without, would have ultimately got to a certain point where they were just the end all to end all. And then you're sitting there going, "Nobody's left. What next? <laughs> <laughs> There's no reality it's, left. What's next? It's almost we're protected in our little pocket of of uh, of." Uh, Planets that are going to sustain our reality. You mean our 27 planets, and that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all you got. It's almost like they would need a self-destruct once they reach their goal, because what's the point in living anymore if you've succeeded? Because then they would no longer have a purpose, and what are Daleks without a purpose? I mean, really. Once you've destroyed your purpose, you have no reason to live. Yeah. Well, Davros and the Daleks sure are ready to go to that end, though. They, sure they probably are. haven't thought ahead, but <laughs> they're ready to go to that end. Oh, that's it's, pretty it's, much most it's, villains. It's uh, so. Underworld all over again. Not Underworld. Yeah, Underworld all over again. When the you know the quest is the quest, and when the quest is over, it's like they all kind of sit around and look at itself, each other going, <laughs> well, now, now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to count quests as a quest as we. We don't have to do it. <laughs> No, Dean. It's a machine that goes ding. <laughs> or in Glenn's case, it's a machine that goes tick, 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 Any other closing thoughts on the uh, Davros argument? No, oh, this one was so. simpler. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot to get into. On I didn't one. expect it to be. I, I thought this one would be as, as much of a mind bender as the, you know, are the Daleks better off without him, but I... We, we, I think we came up with some very good... Why does it tick? I don't know. I can't figure out a way to turn it off, either. Can you make it ding? You can make it tick, obviously. 
Holding. That's all he says. He must run on. Uh, I can you take a phone, an actual phone, and control K9 with a <laughs> dial touch phone, <laughs> touch dial phone. Thus ends another episode of Wasting Time with Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Next week on the schedule, Friday Night Who, we're doing The Infinite Quest. I should probably buy that one. Uh, <laughs> and then. Um, don't you own that? I don't own that. How did we watch that? I don't remember. I think it's I on it. Daily Motion or something. Must have been. I bought it after. Well, we did a Friday Night Or we all watched it at your place. I bought it after. I don't remember. After, I don't remember. Fact. Maybe I got it from the library. Maybe you did. I bought it after that. Maybe I, I loaned, bought it when. Maybe I loaned it to Glenn, and he thinks it's his. <laughs> no, no, no. I bought it when uh, I have photographic proof. I bought it when Scream of the Shocker came out because I was, I was, it was there, and I went, oh, more animation. <laughs> but uh, so we're going to do that, and of course, uh, that, that we've already reviewed the story, so uh, that will free us up to talk about other uh, drawn adventures with the Doctor as we get into our Titan Comics review, and. Uh, you're gonna want. You're not gonna want to miss this one because there will be giveaways. Yes. 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 Giveaways next week. Giveaways. Prizes of epic game show proportions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're giving away free things. Or is it epic prizes of game show proportions? <laughs> what is an epic game show? <laughs> <laughs> What, anything else? You want to go further than that? Uh, that's or as we far just as the schedule tease? was posted uh, at this point, right. which I will have uh, so hopefully the rest of it done tomorrow. I guess and we better come online. up with a Peter Davison Beyond the Doctor. Right? We should come up with that. Should we mention that we are only going up to six this year? We finally landed yeah, on we can, I think we can talk about yeah. that. Uh, if you've been following along at home and know that we've been doing this wonderful thing called uh, Beyond the Doctor where we are visiting uh, other roles that these uh, actors have appeared in. We have determined that we are going to go up through six. So we're going to do, not that we're ending it, but uh, we're going to do Peter Davison and Colin Baker this year. Uh, and then we will stop in preparation for season nine starting, because it's going to be difficult to work around, you know, 13 weeks of solid new who coming out and didn't want to try and squeeze something in at the end of the year when it gets messy and, you know, difficult. Squeeze all three doctors, last three doctors in one episode. Right. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. It's, it's too much of a mess. So we're going to do the first six doctors this year, and we'll do the next six next year. So there's something for you to look forward to. We're already scheduling for 2016. That's how much we <laughs> care about you guys. We have no idea that's what we're going to do how much we trust yet, will still be around. Yep. That's, uh, there is that. And if you'd like to ensure that we're still around to hit the 2016 goal, you can certainly visit our Patreon page. Uh, and find us on Facebook and uh, find us on uh, Twitter. And uh, we have a YouTube channel and apparently a Periscope thing. And uh, um, Did you say support us on Patreon? I did say support oh, us you on did. Patreon. Okay. Or buy stuff from our Amazon store. Buy stuff store. from our Amazon or store. Our Amazon or the uh, Traveling to Vortex spread shirt. Um, you can actually get Traveling to Vortex merchandise. We, I promise in the next, coming two weeks there will be more um, options to buy uh, things up there. And um, there's also... There's also Google ads, ads on there. If you say anything, it tickles your fancy. Click through that and score us some points for that as well. And as always, we haven't said this in a while, but thank you, um, yep. you yep. know, for, for, for continuing to tune in and listen and send feedback and tips of the week and, and everything that you guys do because, um, you know, we're, what, what, what is two, what, what number? 227. 227 is just kind of insane to me that we're insane. still <laughs> here uh, and still doing it and still having fun with it. So thank you for that. 
All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Good seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Thank you.